The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. That's the best one right there. It's funny, my teammates say, you act like you just got out of prison. I said, well, you know. I would be mentally a lot sharper at this point had I eaten more cheese. You know, obviously, kind of like a ma- the master in the, you know, Padawan. It's never been about revenge. It's about a reckoning. Hey, what up? It's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, Go Pack Go. Tonight, man, I'm so excited. Let's roll. Let's roll. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer, joined this week with Blake once again. Had him in before the draft, having him in now. Uh, everyone else is, you know, kind of having their own Aaron Rodgers off season, some time off. Blake, how's it going? It's been good. It's been good. Glad to be back. Great. Did you enjoy the draft briefly, I guess? We can talk about it before diving into it more. I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to hide my feelings. It, it is. Uh, I feel like it was great. It seems like it is probably the number one draft I can remember where everyone kind of liked it. Maybe, I'm trying to think who else was in the class, but BJ Raji and Clay Matthews, I was about the only one that was close to this. That's true. But other than that, I guess we can get right into it. Haven't had an episode for like a month, so we will go over the draft Quickly here, the draft class, a little bit with the undrafted free agents, and then after that, just talk about uh, the OTAs, which have started off a little bit of the rookie mini camp. There's been a couple roster moves at, as well, nothing too serious, and of course, you know, what is a Packers podcast without talking about Aaron Rodgers, so, you know, we'll talk about the very important discussion piece right now is, should Aaron Rodgers, or does he need to be practicing with the team right now? You know, a very, very important but anyways, we'll get right into it. With the first pick, the Packers stayed at uh, in the first round at pick 22. Select Quay Walker, inside linebacker out of Georgia. 6'4", 241 pounds, ran a 4.5 in the 40-yard dash and a RAS score, of course, of 9.67. Usually in the early rounds, all these players seem to have a 9-plus RAS score for the most part. Versatile athlete. Solid in pass coverage, which was pretty evident in that first minicamp, too. He had a couple picks. Obviously, that's in short, so long-term. We'll see if he can do it, too. Uh, Padding up's different. Yes, yes, which we've learned with the uh, you know, the off-season all-stars of Josh Jones and Sean Richard. D- DJ Williams. Yeah, Warren Burks early on, too. But, yeah, solid player, an athletic beast. Uh, very sound tackler as well. Only missed three tackles his senior year and he had the third highest tackling grade according to pro football focus he's going to wear number seven which i think is going to take some adjusting to 
Uh, we had who, who was the Cowboys linebacker last Micah year? Micah Parsons. No, no, no. He's wearing eleven. No, the guy who we brought in brief, Jalen Smith. Oh, oh, uh, yeah, oh yeah, Jaden Smith. Yeah, he came in and he either had the single digit or the double digit, but like in the teens or whatever. He's nine. He's number nine. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. I. That's too tough. bad. It's gone. Christian Watts. Yeah, it's true, but it's tough for me to get used to these. Single digits on defense, very. Hey, I like, like, I kind of like. It's it's weird, but like for him, I just I don't know. He's such an athlete. I feel like seven's perfect. Well, you watch more college football than I do. That's right? fair. Yeah, so I. That's fair. It it would screw me up then, and now I'm like, God damn it, it's made it to the NFL as well. But uh, yeah, we talked about needing to draft a safety going in, into the draft, kind of a higher priority that we had for a need. Uh, Quake kind of fills that role. Most people were surprised when we took an inside linebacker with with the first pick. I don't know, running 4-5 at 240, that's basically a safety. Right. I mean, but he knows how to play in the box, like crazy in the box. We'll see, and that's the biggest thing for me. We didn't think inside linebacker was as big of a need after Devondre Campbell having an all-pro season. For sure. But looking at the guys who kind of play that role, we had Henry Black, you know, the kind of reserve safety who we didn't even bring back, and then Chris Barnes, the undrafted free agent. Henry Black played 37% of the snaps on defense against the Niners in the playoff game. Chris Barnes played 70% of snaps on defense. And that's wild, and we still looked phenomenal. Right, and that defense was unreal. And now we're going to essentially replace you know, those guys with Quay. Technically better, like it looks on paper, better talent. So like, I don't know. You would think it would have to be with both Henry and uh, Barnes being undrafted guys. You would think that's going to They're not bad, defense. but like. You're just getting pure first round talent. Exactly. So you you've got to assume you have to assume that's going to be some type of upgrade there. Also, we were the worst team, and we talked about it at the end of last year too. Yards per rush last year, not just the actual yards, but also the metrics that they used to measure that. We were the worst team in the league for that on a per snap basis. Yeah, not great. I like the pick. Not something I was totally expecting, like I said, going into it, but it makes sense after, you know, remembering that Chris Barnes plays quite a few snaps and are replacing him. Uh, I like the dude a lot, too. Just in his interviews, I don't think there's anyone more business than this guy. He's Reporters were asking him about, you know, kind of talks he had with his agent when they were talking about getting his contract together, and he, and it seemed like he was being honest he's like i honestly don't care about that i'm just ready to play football and everything it's just been all business i think he just understands like which i love like the mentality is like you just go do your job you'll get paid you don't got to worry about the financials if you just do your job he'll get paid yeah he's too talented like if he just does his work like crazy once again and talking about him just doing his job he mentioned how in high school it was the football coach who convinced him to play football instead of basketball after saying you know there aren't or there aren't a lot of six four it'd be a crazy power guard right in in the nba but he's saying for your size you'd be much better playing football went that route and now you know he's going to have a pretty successful i don't we don't know what his career will be like but it's obviously the right he's already getting paid so like he's already succeeded like when you get there like you pretty much succeeded whatever you do after that you're just doing you're doing more work for yourself yeah so Another Georgia guy. Now we'll obviously get into the second round pick there too. But any other thoughts you have on Quay Walker, Blake? Not really. Just I really like it. Like it's a safety kind of hybrid. Like I really like see his potential being like Isaiah Simmons, like for uh, uh, the Cardinals on defense. Okay. Very versatile. Can play the pass well. He can get at the, after the quarterback. Like that's what I envision at like his peak. 
mm-hmm. and that's really nice. Yeah, I really like that. It's it's going to be a new look defense once again. This has been a much easier time for the defense, you know, not having to adjust to a new defensive coordinator. But once again, to be able to play in our base defense a lot more now, having two premier, at least talented linebackers. A lot of people obviously have compared Quay to Devondre Campbell as well. So now for them to both playing together on the same team, that same linebacker core, pretty exciting. Once again, even under Mike Pettin and last year with Barry too, a lot of dime packages, and we're going to see a lot less of that now having a much more talented athletic linebacker who can fill those snaps. For sure. Uh, moving on, the next pick, once again, Packers stay, stay pat at uh, pick 28. Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle out of Georgia, 6'3", 304 pounds, a RAS score of 9.60. Explosive player, better pass rusher than run defender. <coughs> Watching him play, and this is just you know my dumb brain, Usually def- defensive linemen have like boring tape, you know, that you're just kind of like maintaining blocks and making some tackles here and there. This guy seems to be getting past offensive linemen quite a bit. Obviously, he p- played on one of the better college defenses of all time at Georgia, but you usually don't see these type of explosive plays from a defensive lineman, and the Packers were pretty lucky to get him, you know, 28th, where a lot of people were saying this draft kind of sucks, wasn't the best top-heavy draft, but then you get these type of guys who are, Pretty solid falling all the way to 28. Uh, he did have some character concerns. We'll see what happens there. Goody went out of his way to say that, you know, he was one of the guys that they brought in for a visit as well. He said he doesn't have many concerns for, with his character going forward. It seems like the situations he got himself in back in college are kind of similar to Jerry Judy, which happened in the last couple of weeks here. Kind of a domestic issue. You can look into it. It doesn't seem like anything physical exactly happened between him and his girlfriend at the time but either way not the best thing to have happen you don't want to have to put good. those precursors whenever you, in there whenever you see a red flag like that not good but like if he like just gets his act he's 24 so like right. i wasn't i wasn't me at 24 oh my all right you know yeah you know things are happening but anyways um like he could get it together and be a totally great human being going forward he's a crazy athlete and like you said on the film like when i've seen him like just does so much like yeah he's always in the play he's violent with his hands i mean like mm-hmm. he gets in the lineman and gets up in him like lower lever like lower leverage he is winning a lot yes and, and i think that's huge like with kenny clark there that's gonna be wow exactly finally getting you know robin to kenny's batman we've been talking about that forever it seems like we haven't really gotten any talent there i just think him, like, if he can fulfill that, and then Jaron Reed, like, those together, and Kenny and switching between all them, yeah, and having how fresh they could all be, that could be that's going to be with the linebackers, too. Wow, yeah, we'll see what happens. A lot of people have talked about Jaron Reed, too. I remember other people after we signed Jaron Reed, they're like, oh, well, defensive line isn't much of a need anymore. And then a couple weeks later, you know, we use first round pick on a defensive tackle, but yeah, I am really looking forward to seeing what'll happen having Kenny's. You know, not being the main guy on the defensive line, or at least the only guy on the de- on the defensive line here, it looks like we might move Slayton even to nose tackle, pretty much, so we can get Kenny and um, and Wyatt here on the outside a little bit. That's insane! Oh, that's wow! Once again, like, back to all I like those that idea a lot. Like it goes to pass to rush the passer and everything. Um, weird thing here too, <laughs> like you said. Why it's 24. Kenny Clark is still only 26. It's crazy how he's <laughs> one of the more crazy. elder what guys on this in? defense. You're five? 
Six? Well, he's on his second contract. I think he only He's has, on his second contract. Yeah, he's only got two years left on his deal, I believe. So That's insane. Yeah, pretty crazy. And it's funny, too, because Wyatt, when he was drafted, said that um, he couldn't believe he's playing with Kenny Clark. He actually referred to him as Mr. Clark as well. And it said he's nice. always looked up to him. And nice. it's funny how they're only two years apart and he gets to play with them. Yeah, that's wild. That's uh, some wild stuff. He's going to wear number 95, which I think is a pretty solid number. I think a lot of... Other people have talked about numbers at this point, and we don't need to get it's into good, that. It's a good D lineman number. It's one of the better ones. Ninety five. Yeah, I you think. Know, I, I don't know. I think Some t- of them just appeal better. Like I like ninety nine a lot. Yes, ninety seven's kind of nice. They're all pretty good, actually. What ninety numbers suck? Maybe like ninety three, ninety four. Kind 92, of ninety two. I just like. I don't know. Well, pff, Reggie White, man. I. That's fair. I did fail right there, but like the <laughs> number still in itself, I just like I don't know. Even yeah. if Reggie did wear it, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's kind. It's it, still not like I don't know. It kind of gets to maybe um, he gives it the image where he's like doesn't look explosive but we know reggie white was explosive and just like those, dominant maybe those twos kind of screw it up because we'll get into christian watson here in a second he's going to be number nine but it was initially announced he was going to be 82 maybe it's just having those twos for the second number it kind of throws you off i don't know what it is i just can't describe it but i just it's not it I it's not a good i think ruvel number wore 82 ben taylor back in the day anyways Ooh. But yeah, I think this is the safest pick out of this draft class, which is kind of funny with you know the character issues and everything else. <laughs> right. It's see, just looking at it, his the all he has to do is be better than Tyler Lancaster for it to be an improvement for this defensive line, and that's not asking much. If he's if he what he was at Georgia day one, he's gonna be starting. Like he's like right. It's like, that's all he's gotta do. And you can't expect him to be better than Kenny. And it's like, who else? It's like, can he be better than Dean Lowry? That doesn't seem to be asking too much either. So we'll see what happens there. I'm pretty excited to see this defense. That's the biggest thing coming out of this draft. Oh, yeah. The second round pick, Packers move up to uh, the 34th pick overall and select Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Obviously, like I said, he will wear number nine. Packers traded away the 53rd and 59th pick to move up to that spot. Uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Watson is 6'4", 208 pounds. He ran a uh, 4.3640. And apparently, Ross Uglum claimed that at his pro day, he ran like a 4.2 something. So, I don't know. That'd be pretty incredible. His RAS score is 9.96. Once again, one of the more athletic prospects coming out of the draft ever. Some issues with him. Out of 120 targets, he dropped 16 balls in his college career. Apparently, you know, Ross Unglum, once again, he kind of covers NDSU as well. I believe he lives up in Fargo. He claims a lot of those drops came early in his career. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Watson only played about a third of his offensive snaps at NDSU. He blew up his senior at uh, his senior year a little bit, and the Senior Bowl, he was kind of the talk of the town. He was voted the most impressive player at the Senior Bowl on offense, you know, when he's actually playing. Very good. Better. I mean, those are all guys who are trying to be in the draft. Exactly, and they're from you know actual college yeah. football programs, high level as well. programs, much yeah, much higher level programs. Uh, I don't know. He's he's such a boomer bust player. It seems like I would say his floor is being like a competent special teamer, like Jeff Janis, which a lot of people have obviously compared him to. And his ceiling is being the best wide receiver in the NFL, just because of his measurables, which is just. I mean, that's. A draft pick is potential, and no one has more potential than Christian Watson. Uh, out, coming out of his junior year in high school, he was 5'9", and by the time that spring uh, practice game for football, 
He already blossomed up to 6'1", so this dude went through a, gro- a gr- huge growth spurt in high school. Stenovich, our new offensive coordinator, obviously formerly our offensive line coach, said what stuck out the most to him is with Watson is just how he's a pro's pro. Seems to be one of those guys who's just always trying to get better. Randall Cobb recently talked him up too, saying that you know he drove with him to practice and he's like, hey man, you're trying to do a lot right now. It's just don't don't set your uh, expectations too high because it's going to take a while to obviously just yeah, don't to this get game. high, don't get too low. <laughs> yeah, especially you know once again coming from NDSU, his very first practice that rookie mini camp. It seems like he had some drop issues once again, which is going to be the big. I think it's going to be the big thing that he'll have to improve on or have to prove to us is that he can catch the ball well. Uh, Devontae Adams, other thing to throw out there, commented on Instagram after the first practice saying kid's going to be the truth. Pretty cool to see. With that, Blake, what are your thoughts on Christian Watson? That real athletic score is crazy. He's .04 away from like a perfect athlete, quote-unquote, yes. like, on their scorebook. But like that's insane. Six four. The measurables are just wild. The measurables are wild. One, th- the other thing, the two things that came out of that first mini camp with him is the drops. And Tom Silverstein and Jason Wildy both said that he seemed a lot leaner than they were expecting. They said, you know, the fourth round pick who we'll talk about, Romeo Dubs. He seemed to be more built, and Watson looked pretty skinny. So. It might be one of those things where he's going to have to bulk up early here, too. I do think there'll be an adapt. Like, he'll have to adapt early on, adjustment period, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the physicality is going to be a little different for him. Yes. Like, definitely for NFL corners. Like, these yes. guys are legit. Like, he's going against a Jair a lot of weeks. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. That's this is going to be tough. He's going to find out week one in practice. Like, when Jair's there, I guess he'll learn. But which is nice for him. It's kind of like last year with Stokes, you know, right. opposite Stokes going against go, Devante. going up against Devontae, and Now you get to reverse it. This it really helped year. him. So I like I have hope that way. Seemed to. I mean, the during training camp I last like, year, it seemed like Stokes was getting burnt quite a bit during those practices, and then once you know he kind of went through the fire there, and then when the regular season came, he was a pretty. I think you had like the player. highest graded like pass grade, like defense grade for rookies, right? He was. I he? know he was in the top three for pass. Yeah, he's at least sure. top three. I know that. Yes, but yeah, the kid is wild. Um, like you said, the like the potential is the thing. Like he like maybe puts on like another seven pounds, gets two fifteen if he's really two oh eight. Mm-hmm. Like like I don't know, that's a good size, I guess, for a receiver. I feel like, and then he adjusts the drops. He gets it all together, like it's like Randy Moss, like like the, that, he's like built like Randy Moss, and that's, it's just like yes. it's a bold word, it's like a bold name to say, but that I don't is know. what he's been like, compared to too with Randy Moss going to Marshall and Watson's kind of the, one of the first players with that build from a smaller school as well. I this pick, it's you know I'm I'm excited about Christian Watson, but I still wonder what George Pickens is going to be. You don't want to you know focus on other players but for sure he's just so damn risky i you know there's some positives to look at it i kind of set up before the draft too i think this might help rogers out long term you know going through the season trying to get watson on board and learn the ropes and everything if he gets it together especially at the end of the year i think it would be a little bit harder for rogers to want to retire if all of a sudden he gets this you know physical freak who knows the system and is playing well for the Packers. Maybe Rodgers would be more likely to come back. Maybe other people don't care about that at all. 
Yeah, um, I mean, that's a tough. That's tough to call. The other couple things that I'm concerned <laughs> with, uh, his age. He is 23. Uh, Blake, do you know how old Justin Jefferson is? Probably 22. He is 22. So we He's have, not on season three. Yeah, so we have Christian Watson who, you know, his when, during Justin Jefferson's rookie year, Christian Watson was like a sophomore in NDSU. So it's, I don't know, it's going to be tough. You to, kind of said it too, going up against professional corners. Watson, one, has to adjust to the professional game. And now he's instead of going up against you know young, like, Youngstown I, State Penguins to you know he might face Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be quite the adjustment. Uh, that's going to be an year. adjustment. Like woo wee, welcome to the league. Yeah. But the one thing I think missing there is like he uh like his ability like I think is just it's going to be wild. Like if he like like his floor, I feel like he's still going to be a good player. Right. Like I just don't feel like he's going to be bad. But like, what can he really reach? He yes, he seems well rounded too. Like a big thing that Lafleur obviously has talked about is his blocking. Christian is a willing blocker, a good special teamer, so I think he will be able to help out. I feel the team like he's immediately. still growing into his body in a way. Well, like, that's the thing. It's once, kind of like you say, twenty three, but like I feel like Justin Jefferson's just been like that since he's probably like nineteen yeah. at LSU. He was just like good, ready to go right away. Obviously, because he's like twenty two right now and he's going on his third season. But, like, it's, I don't know. It's, like, once again, part of the potential, part of the risk everyone, with a player like him. Uh, progress is not linear. Yes. Last thing on this, this was a big talking point, too. What do you think of the Vikes trading the pick to the Packers? A lot of, on both sides, you know, Vikings fans, Packer fans, everyone around the teams talking about that. Do you Do you think it's a big deal that the Vikings potentially helped out the enemy Green Bay Packers by trading with us in the second round there? Personally, I wouldn't do it because you're giving them a better talent earlier in the draft. You should always look at it like that. I suppose. Um, That's the way you should do it in fantasy football. As far as like another angle, like looking at a GM, though, like if you let them both have both their picks, like maybe we have even more depth and we still had great picks. Like right. it could just happen like that, too. Now we got one extra guy earlier in the top end of talent level. Yes. So that's another angle you got to kind of get a take at it. Yeah, because that's how I looked at it too. Because you could have, you know, gotten someone like Alec Pierce, and then maybe I don't a lot of edge right. Yeah, like well. we could have got Jermaine Johnson was hanging around. Or exactly. Maybe, no, he got what? Didn't he go in the late first? Maybe I had that wrong. He went early second. But there were maybe. a few edge rushers. Yeah, there say, were guys but, still there. Yeah, it's I don't know. I really don't care if you know if the Vikings would have just used that pick and drafted. I'm sure the Packers would have offered a similar deal to whoever you know picked next. So. If you're the Vikings and you don't really have anyone in that range, I would have no problem if my team made that yeah, same trip. Like like I said, I don't think it like benefited one team there and I don't like it's all based on you never really know anyways, but yes. it's all kind of a crapshoot still, but Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully it's just once again, I there's just too many I don't like how many times, at least in, maybe in my own brain, but the Justin Jefferson trade up, the Christian Watson trade up, I just feel like there's gonna be a weird type of storyline narrative here going in the future of the Vikings moving up for Justin Jefferson, the Packers moving up for Christian Watson and how Packers probably should have moved up for Justin Jefferson in 2020 and maybe wouldn't we yeah, maybe we should already be now. having him, but maybe Christian Watson is him. So like he was, yeah. we finally got it, but like, we'll see. I, like, I don't even want to throw it in. I know they're not on the podcast, but like I said, the Lions are like, they got Jamison Williams too. Like right. and they trade up for that too. So like you could have three studs in the division, like all of a sudden again, it would be funny if, you know, the Lions and Packers bolster their wide receiver core. They just both hit on that, <laughs> hit on that. And then the Vikings miss on all their corners, right. which they have seemed to have done the last yeah. few years. 
Uh, moving on, third round pick all the way down to pick 92. Sean Ryan, offensive lineman out of UCLA. We briefly mentioned him on the pre-draft podcast. He will wear number 75, great offensive line number. 6'5", yep. 321 pounds, a RAS score of 8.17. Versatile player like pretty much every offensive lineman the Packers have drafted over the last few years. He played both tackle and guard. He gave up one sack on 661 snaps over the last two years. Not the prettiest blocker, but he seems to get the job done for the most part, obviously. I mean, you can just look at those numbers. Highest drafted offensive lineman since Elton Jenkins. Before that, highest drafted offensive lineman since Jason Spriggs in 2016. Ooh. Has below average length. Scouts were saying that he may translate better inside, but... A lot of guys, it sounds like he's going to start at uh, right tackle or at least compete, I should say, at right tackle. Um, but yeah, interesting player. Once again, just the Packers always seem these last few years in the mid mid rounds taking these versatile offensive linemen, and he just keeps to be or seems to be following that trend. Blake, do you have any any real thoughts here on Sean Ryan? Like, I'm not the greatest evaluator of like offensive line talent or anything. I'm not about yes, to say that. It's so tough. like. I thought Jason I mean, Spriggs was going to be great. He yeah, so, right. He was like, so and he was probably feet. our like honestly. It's funny to say he might be one of our last like bad kind of picks early on for like offensive line. We've just been hitting a lot it's, recently. It's legit him and Derek Sherrod. So that's kind of what I'm leading into like like I'm just going to trust Goody at this point, mm-hmm. and with Stenovich hanging out still, like what he did with the line, I just have good faith that he'll be pretty good. Like I mean, yeah, Runyon's playing legit football. Yep, Newman came along real nice over the year. Myers, I think, is just going to be good because he's a high draft pick. Right. He, um, he wasn't able to play as much, but when he did, he was good. And yeah, and Newman, too, for how much flack he got. He was still a fourth, fifth right. round pick. And, it, and I think if this guy cracks the line, like if, he, if he's a starter, like on day one, like game one mm-hmm. against the right, like, like he's probably pretty good. Like, yes. I, I think that's a hit all of a sudden, right? <laughs> right. Like, and there's enough spots now to compete with, obviously, Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick, and Dennis Kelly moving on to other teams. There's some there's some spots here where even if he isn't starting, I mean these rotational spots seem to be pretty important for the Packers and have been the last few years. Other thing, I think, and I'm sure you saw this too, but I like his <laughs> he's got some Josh sitting here going on too, if you remember. Yeah, I've seen it. Him from the uh yeah. but it's he just he looks like a hey, character. Like we'll he's see. gonna fit in with uh Bakhtiari, I think, well. Ooh. And because uh, Box got the hair, you know. And uh yes. I think he's just gonna fit in. I hope so. so. Yeah, we'll see. You know, usually the that doesn't mean he's going to necessarily be good. I'm just saying. I think he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna fit in well with the squad we have right now. Over the last decade, well, usually the offensive line you get different characters on there, but obviously oh, yeah. T.J. Lang, Josh Sitton, Blago was a little more quiet, but obviously David Bakhtiari, Mark Tauscher back in the day as well. So these, we'll see if he fits that same role that everyone else did. Moving yep. on to the fourth round, pick number one thirty two. Mr. Romeo Dubs, Dobbs, wide receiver, Nevada, drafted by the Packers. Uh, jersey number 87, a very sleek number. That's nice. <sighs> After Jay Sternberger, obviously. it hurts still at the same time. Yeah. Uh, height, 6'2", weight, 201, RAS score of 7.47. That's unofficial. He had some lingering injuries after the season. Um. He hasn't been able to test, like I said, because of the injury, but he was still the second fastest tracked receiver at the Senior Bowl. They had like little GPS things on him. So as far as play speed goes, he was the second highest. Christian Watson was fifth 
We had so his lunch. football speed is fast. Which That's some, interesting. Some might say football speed is more important than your 40 time. Yep. It's not a track contest <laughs> out there. Uh, he's a deep threat, led uh, all of FBS in deep route yardage last year. He's probably the most obvious MVS replacement, which has been a hot term on Packers Twitter all of draft season. It was, you know, Christian Watson, oh, he's replacing MVS. And then, you know, we get to Dubs and say, oh, he's replacing MVS. And I'm like, okay, MVS was a solid player, but we got to stop this. Yes, we can yeah, find people who can like, fast. Why are we trying? Like, MVS isn't bad. He got a 10 million year, 10 million year contract. Yeah. But I'm telling you, like, these guys are not MVS. They're like they're a little different. They're a little different. Yes, and well, pure athletics this, like things. The biggest thing for me, uh, talking about that too with MVS, and I've talked about it on here on the podcast a lot. These deep balls and MVS was fine. Obviously, him and Rogers didn't hook up a lot on those deep balls. A few times it happened, but with me, especially the first few years with MVS, it seems like he didn't have that. To quote uh, pretty much every player on the Packers defense, that dog in him where he wouldn't go up and get those contested balls or he would very quickly kind of look for that, you know, a flag for the most part. And Romeo Dubs, there's a lot of contested catches, in-traffic catches, and he seems to be willing to risk it when, you know, other players in the past maybe haven't been, not trying to trash anyone, but it's just kind of what he noticed through those This is why I'll say they're different on that. Like, you say the dog part. I say, like, these guys track the ball better, just period. Like, yes. They just, like, MVS didn't seem to be able to track the ball when it was <laughs> in the air. I, like, I don't know. Like, he'd blow by people and still, like, not go catch the ball. And I'm like, I don't, are you tracking it right? I don't, I, think, I feel like these guys just track the ball in the air better. Yes. That, like, he's a more refined receiver. It seems like, especially in the draft class with EQ. And, God, I always forget his name. Oh, uh, the Moore kid. Yes. Uh, oh, my god. I wanted to say Elijah Moore. No. It's not Elijah Moore. That's the guy in the Jets. Oh, I'm not going to get <sighs> it. God. It starts with a D. Demet- not Demetrius. God damn it. Anyways. Demarius MB- Moore or something. Something like, God damn, this is so bad. Um, yeah. But MBS, those were all three guys who tested very well, were physical, you know, athletic dudes. And Romeo Dubs just looks more like a wide receiver getting into that. The biggest negative with him, which is perfect for a wide receiver, is he doesn't seem to be much of a willing blocker. He does have some drop issues as well. We'll see about that. He's a good special teams player as well. Didn't return punts a lot, but he, according to his average, he would have been the fifth best punt returner in FBS last year as as that. Which Interesting. Obviously, the last few years, it's been pretty bad. Amari did come on late. But Ugh, he just scares me still, though. Like, if you take a step this Ugh. year, like, receiving, sure. But I don't know if I still want him punt return. I, he just, like, just, I don't know. It's tough. It's We might have to keep seven receivers just with what we have in that room. Not like anyone's going to be incredible, but it's we're right. kind of in a weird spot. Um, he seems to be the guy that was the most impressive <laughs> of all the rookies for the rookie minicamp as well. Everyone was saying that he looked very fast. Like I said earlier, looked bigger than a lot of other guys. And he seemed to have a step on every corner that was there. So we'll see. Smooth player, decent hands, awesome name. I'm pretty excited. And he's like a Packer fan, too. His mom, oh, I believe he said, great. was a Packer fan. He, he said several times that there was like always this weird thing with the Packers. And it's, you know, he said on the call, too, that it's always been green and gold. And this just seemed meant to be. I'm very excited. He's probably. 
<laughs> and this this is great because you know it turned out so good last year. Last year, the guy I was most excited for was Mario Rogers, and this year, the guy I might be most excited for is seeing Romeo Dubs on the field. Oh, he's my favorite draft pick. I'm not going to hide from it. Mm-hmm. You've known this. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you do like you have known this already. I've told times. you. I love the kid. I've watched enough film on him. I just like he just runs by people, and it's high level football. But he's running by people like Christian Watson level kind of stuff. Yes, and like. And he's playing it spread, so they're like got guys over the top, and he's still just cut, splitting them mm-hmm. and tracking the ball in there. I think is just great for this kid, and I think Rogers is gonna love him because of that. He'll just go get the ball, yes. and they're like, I don't think Lafleur is gonna like him right away because you mentioned the run blocking. We'll and see. they're like, we'll see. And they play a lot of run game, right? They're gonna play it early for sure. So like, I don't know, but later on, I think this kid they're gonna really like him. I think so too. If you know between him and Watson. Obviously, Watson has a much higher ceiling, a lot more potential. But I I really think Dubs' floor is higher than Watson's just because I think as far as contributing on offense, and this will probably bite me in the butt, I think Dubs has a better, you know, we'll see with the run blocking, but he has a better chance to be productive as a pass catcher this year than I would say Watson I does. I think he's going to be on the field on a higher percentage of plays early on in the season because yeah, he just runs maybe. better. He runs better routes. Yeah. And Lazard, if they need a blocker, they'll have Lazard on the field with him. They'll put Cobb in the slot, I feel like. Yeah. And they'll, just, they'll put him out there against one of some of the best corners and just kind of like, we got to guard him because the kid's fast. Right. Lazard we'll, will just block. We'll see. The Packers wide receiver room is almost mirroring the uh, tight end room now where it's like a bunch of guys who... Just a bunch of guys. Like, like one-trick ponies. Although and we'll see what they can turn Tanyan into. Tanyan Beck is, on, is getting underrated. We'll, we'll see. We'll see with them. Um, moving on. Fourth round, pick 140. Zach Tom... Such a boring name. Offensive tackle, Wake Forest. Jersey number 50. Ugh. Yeah. He's 6'4", 304 pounds, a RAS score of 9.59. He seemed to be like the uh, draft Twitter offensive lineman. Everyone on Twitter loved him because of his RAS score, and he's a very athletic guy as well. NFL size and length. Uh, he has center and offensive tackle experience. He can pretty much play anywhere on the offensive line. Um He's light on his feet, lateral quickness. He's really good with his hands as well. Intelligent player, made a lot of protection calls on the line during his time at Wake Forest. And he's just, once again, he's like a robot. He, You know what his real athletic score and like his body, like his weight and everything on here, like the way they're listing it, mm-hmm. is literally the mirror image of De- Deontay Wyatt. Oh yeah, like literally they have like yeah. nine, Deontay Wyatt's nine six, he's six four, and he's got three oh four, and that's what I'm kind of wondering. And we talked about this through six three, whatever. We talked about this before the draft. <laughs> like, that's too. crazy. You know they the Packers list Josh Myers as a center and a guard, and there was some, you know, right away during training camp, Rogers did tell James Jones that Josh Myers was the most impressive guy, but he also yelled at him quite a bit. It'll be I wouldn't be shocked if. Zach Tom ends up being the center for the Packers. And they, and they put, move him to the right guard. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Once again, he, Zach Tom, he's just, <laughs> in the very few like interviews I've watched him in, he is such, he's someone who like in elementary school would be a crossing guard or in high school would be like a hall monitor. Like very business Zach to the point Tom. as well. And I feel like he's that kind of field general on the offensive line like Corey Lindsley was pointing out protections and everything. And maybe he, he'll have more of that experience than what Josh Myers had last year as a rookie. And once again, he didn't really play a ton last year. So it might not be asking much to switch 
him out. That's and still an intriguing idea. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we'll see wow. what happens. It's there's potential there, and wow. getting into that too. I mentioned this earlier to you. The way the Packers have ran with this offensive line the last few years is pretty crazy to me, and I think a lot of people have overlooked it. You just look at the end of the 2019 season. Um, our preferred starting offensive line, you know, when we lost the the Niners in the NFC Championship game. Our, our offensive line could potentially be Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, Billy Turner, Brian Balaga. That's what it was that season. In just three years, you know, two and a half years here, and not really focusing on it, you could right now make an offensive line going from left to right, Yash Nyman, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Sean Ryan, and now this Zach Tom guy would be like sixth. And Just it's on like, that list. And this was like a very passive offensive line that the Packers were able to create, which we've, you know, we've kind of glossed over this. But you look at teams like the Minnesota Vikings, who that's kind of been their issue the last few years is finding an offensive line. When the Packers have legitimately created an offensive line, passively these last few seasons that is probably better than the Vikings offensive line obviously we don't know what Zach Tom and Sean Ryan will be but I don't think an offensive line built from those guys only is really that bad so it's once again pretty incredible that Goody has been the offensive line guru since he's taken over for for I just, uh, Ted that's Thompson. insane that that like that would be like our backup lineup on pure talent mm-hmm. like this is scary cut I said that like like a while ago on one of the other pods I was on, but mm-hmm. that our lines is crazy deep, but it just keeps staying deep. And I'm just like, that's like, I feel like Rogers is totally fine with it, even without having the great receiver at the moment. Oh yeah, because well, he knows the line's super good, dude. He's that, got great running backs. That that's I the mean, shit that got me so pissed off. Is how everyone gets pissed off about his wide receivers. It's like, look at his offensive line. Yeah, he's always had this, a really good offense. This might line. be his best one this year, maybe. Like I don't know. They, this is the most talent in the room, maybe. We'll see. Yes, kind of kind of like our defense this year, where that offensive line is very talented as well. And as long as hey. Bakhtiari and Elton can get back at some point this season and play somewhat healthy, I think we'll be looking We're good. winning in the line of scrimmage. That's going to be nice, because that's how you win games. That's what we're going to need if we're going to move Especially on to offense. A, a run team, yes. Uh, moving on, fifth-round pick, 179, Kingsley and the Barre Edge, South Carolina, jersey number... 55. This is his old number. He's 6'4", 258 pounds, ran a 4.87, a RAS score of just 6.26. His uh, 2021 stats, played 12 games, had 44 total tackles, 7 tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks, 2 passes defended, 1 fumbled, or 1 forced fumble and 1 fumble recovery. Plays with power, elite length, strong hands, has good bend. He's a really, really good edge rusher. You know, someone like you see Rashawn Gary. I would compare him to... Rashawn Gary's a beast, though. Yes, Ga- like Gary, all, Gary's might, a beast. He's trying to go for all pro. Yes, Gary's a beast. I would kind of compare him to, I should have said this earlier, uh, Quay Walker. They're kind of like the same type guys where they're an athletic specimen who you're drafting on potential. And someone like Kingsley, he's got the pass rush moves. You know, Gary doesn't have a ton of moves. His best move is really... The bull rush. Just being an athlete. Just being an athlete. <laughs> Crazy athlete. When Kingsley probably has like a better set of pass rushing moves than maybe even Gary at this point. Well, Gary's just 
bigger too, isn't he? Isn't he like yes. two two seventy five? Yes. Like he's, just oh my goodness. He's a freak. And talking about Gary too, a lot even before the draft, people were comparing Kingsley to Zadarius. People were shocked that he fell this far. This was a very good edge rusher draft, and Kingsley was one of the last got last guys who was still on the board this late. A lot of people had him as a top one hundred talent. So we'll see. Once again, I'm pretty excited for him after losing Zadarius and Whitney Merciless retiring. I think we have, you know, we were very blessed last year to have Gary waiting in the rings for, wings for Zadarius to be out all season, and hopefully Kingsley will be better than, you know, just having Jonathan Garvin or Randy Ramsey to fill in as that It just helps editor. to have, like, if he's decent, you can play him and Garvin at the same time. It won't be awful. Like, you know, with, right. for with the spelling backups for, like, you know, and that a happened breather a, and stuff. a lot last year. Like, Ladarius Hamilton, who... Was probably the like least of a name <laughs> out right. of on the team last year. Like there was times last year where yeah, Garvin and Hamilton were out on the field at the same time, which you would not have expected. Right. The, the thing I love about this kid is, I I think I remember like when they were drafting him, he like he didn't have a great season. Like it wasn't a bad season, mm-hmm. obviously, but he didn't have a great season. But the season before, I think he was first team All SEC. Yes. Like that's pretty impressive. Like All SEC, like that's basically minor leagues in the NFL. Let's be honest. Um. I just think he knows how to play football. He doesn't see. He's not a track star. He's not this combine darling or anything. But like, he's kind of like. I think he knows how to play football. Like Micah Hyde back in the day. Yeah. Remember Rogers saying that too? How you know you get in the draft process and it seems like scouts almost forget, you know, who's a good football player instead of just the measurables. And it seems like this guy's just a good football player. Right. They start overthinking the film that they saw. Like. And they're just trying to back up way too much what they think that player should be. Yep. It's like, no, just he's there. Like, he's already that good. Just he's there. I'd like to see what mock drafts are right after the season as opposed to, you know, right before the season or what the, For sure. or what the draft actually goes. Because you almost wonder if those are, be- if those rank the players better, because that's more, you know, tape than once you get into this offseason. Like, you know, Christian Watson, he probably would have been a third third round picker later if say he didn't test one of those type deals for sure uh moving on to the seventh round packers traded their sixth round pick and uh when they moved up for one of the picks i believe or no that was for randall cobb last year yeah. so then we had three seventh round picks first one tree carpenter <laughs> linebacker georgia tech he will wear jared bush's old number 24 6 3 230 pounds a RAS score of 8.92 uh, last year, he had 65 tackles, one tackle for loss, two passes, defended one forced fumble. He's seen time at both safety and linebacker, so he is that perfect hybrid, which kind of, he might be stuck in no man's land, meaning he's going to be a you know special teams pick. That's what everyone's been talking about with this guy. His calling card is uh, his physicality against the run. We'll see. Once again, he he's not, you know, he's athletic, but he hasn't, you know, once again, I don't think he's going to be someone on defense that'll play uh, down in and down out. Special teams, once again, is going to be what this guy probably is. And it's it's funny because uh, I thought of it when he first came up to and then Wes tweeted it as well. Wes Hodkowitz for the Packers tweeted that he thought Sean Richardson was big back in the day. But then he saw Tariq Carpenter in the rookie minicamp and it seems like he's Kind of like Quay Walker, where a very big physical presence, which people probably weren't expecting. But if he's we'll, anything we'll good on special teams, great. I mean, we're not. We'll take anything that's good for special teams out of this draft because anything. We're like that's how we lost that yes. playoff game. Um, if he's like, if 
fight versatile like that. I don't know where you play him. He gives me some weird Oren Burks vibes. Uh, like I don't know. I I just assume he's going to be the replacement for Ty Summers. That's fair. Probably a better athlete than Ty Summers, I guess. I mean, Ty's had a pretty. I I'm very surprised Ty's been on the Packers as long as he has. But I thought last year might have been the last you know season for him. But we'll see with Isaiah McDuffie too, who was a rookie last year, and I think I like him more than Ty Summers. We'll see how uh, Richard <laughs> Richardson Carpenter fits here. The next pick, once again, round seven, pick two thirty four, Jonathan Ford, defensive tackle out of Miami. He will wear number 99, an elite number. He is 6'5", yep. 333 pounds. His RAS score was only 3.53. Didn't perform that well in college. He only played in eight games last year. Had 14 tackles, one tackle for loss. Not much for someone who's, you know, got drafted to the NFL. He played pretty much exclusively nose tackle for Miami. He's powerful at the point of attack um, with the ability to push the pocket a bit, I guess. You know, he's a, he's a big dude. He is an ineffective pass rusher. Didn't have much for stats when he was playing there, but we'll see. It uh, He's kind of that Lancaster replacement who we'll talk about briefly later because he signed with the Raiders today. But just a body. I don't know. We'll see with him. Do you have anything to say on this guy, Blake? Probably he's not. He's big. Yeah. Oh, he's big. Um, gives me like TJ Slayton vibes, but like not even close to the same <laughs> athlete or production. My goodness. Right. <laughs> um, did he like call the season early like and just get prepared for the draft i like, i believe he got injured as well yes okay he, got, he that, did talk okay. about that a little bit as well maybe so. the impact is real athletic score but oh we'll see it's not great the um, biggest the biggest thing going for him is he's out of miami so he's got a little swag there and number 99 it's hard not to be you better be good you wear a 99 right i think even like god jeremy thompson back in the day might have worn 99 sap I might be wrong with it. Ugh, fuck Warren. Sapp. I know, but he wore it. He's the biggest piece of shit. Oh, I can't disagree. Yeah. I'm just saying. Corey Williams back in the day was 99. I don't know. That's like the most elite 90 number, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the last pick for the Green Bay Packers in this draft in the seventh round, 249, Rashid Walker, offensive tackle out of Penn State. He will wear number 63. 6'6", 313 pounds, did not test, so he does not have a RAS score. He was another pre-draft visit. I believe three or four of the Packers were all pre-draft visits. Once again, like most of these guys, huge guy. When he was eight, he wore a size 10 and a half size shoe. Uh, he's a little slow, lunges and misses at times. He's quick coming off the line. He has had uh, hip flexibility. He does have the hip flexibility to turn and carry with edge rushers outside the pocket. A lot of people had him going at least in the fifth round. But after 2020, you know, he had a lot of hype. A lot of people thought he would be an early draft pick. And then his senior year or his last year, not not so good. He's the guy who had the teabagging clip after pancaking <laughs> That's someone. That's what I was looking at. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, he went viral during <laughs> oh, the season after teabagging a guy after pancaking him. He's, <laughs> he's another guy that everyone was excited about because he fell so late. So draft Twitter thought he'd be drafted a lot higher than he was. He's given me, and I don't know, you know, like you said earlier, we don't know shit about the offensive line watching tape, but based off of everything I've heard, he's giving me the Andrew Datko vibes. Who, okay. I don't know if you remember okay. him. Okay. But he was a seventh round pick out yeah. of Florida State. Kind of the same thing where at the end of the previous college year, a lot of people thought Datko would be a first or second round pick. Mm. Had health issues his senior year, didn't play that well either. 
fell to the seventh round. Packers cut him after training camp, and that was his entire career. So I wonder if something similar will happen with with a Walker here. But, they thought he was a fifth-round pick. Huh? That's interesting. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, I guess we, sorry. We'd have, we do have one more seventh-round pick moving on. Sheesh. 258, uh, Samori Torre, the wide receiver out of Nebraska, number 83. He's 6'1", 191 pounds, a RAS of 616. Uh, he dominated the FCS level at Montana, and then he went to Nebraska, obviously. He was their go-to guy, averaging 19.5 yards per catch. Seems to be a reliable pass catcher, uh, over the middle, smooth and underrated athlete. Has some football intelligence. We'll see what happens with him. But a lot of good little projects at the receiver position for the Packers. Anything on him, Blake? Just good depth. I mean, this guy seems he knows how to play football. He went from Montana State to just being good at Nebraska. I know Nebraska's not great. Right. They're just not great. But, like, you're doing anything at a D1 level to a high level, like, you're doing things. Yes, kind of like the same thing with Romeo Dubs, too. It's like exactly. When you're a bona fide one and you're someone that the defense is and then focusing like, on. what you're seeing and the numbers are backing up at the same time, it's like, okay, you could probably play for sure. Exactly. So it, like, it's a little less know. on potential and more on, on field. Got him in the seventh round. He lasts like three years and was worth something. Like, all right, that's, that alone's a win in the seventh round. But Exactly. Yeah. He's anything more than that. Wow. So we'll see. Moving on from that, we can get to the undrafted guys briefly. We'll just mention three here. Well, the first one, is it Danny Davis out of uh, Wisconsin, yeah, the yeah. receiver? receiver yeah. So it sounded like he looked pretty good in minicamp, too, so he might be someone battling He's for that. dark horse. I just, like, what we just drafted so much, it's going to be tough. But, yeah. like, he always shocked me, like, because he, like, maybe could play in the NFL the way he, like, moves. That's the thing. You know, just one of the, you look at what the wide receiver room in is right now, and it's, the veterans that we have are, you know, Alan Lazard and Juwan Winfrey, who were undrafted guys. So, you know, Toure, who was taken in the seventh, and Davis here, who was an undrafted guy, you know, very, very likely or at least potentially could be someone who's you going to be. You hit on either, the the, like, one of those. Like, okay, that's a win. Like, a win. You won right there. Exactly. Uh, moving on, Tyler Goodson out of Iowa, running back. He seems to be the one that'll push for a roster spot as well. He has a 9.53 RAS. Mm. Pretty damn good. What's Kylan Hill like looking like? Is he still like shattered right now? He's, like, he's so they messed that knee up. He did practice him and well, not practice exactly. Him and Tunyon did. They were going through their rehab this week on okay. the field. They both had jerseys on. So at least they're moving and doing some rehab at stuff. At least both theirs were like early. It, like Right. Like you never want it to happen, but like they were early in the season. Right. Both against the Cardinals. So yeah. we'll see. It'll probably I wouldn't be surprised if something happens where Kylan Hill stays on the PUP and then Goodson they're like, makes the initial fifty three. They'll keep him on there for like six weeks or whatever the rule is, and then they'll bring him back. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, they might have changed that rule this year, too. I'll, we'll have well, to see with COVID. But fair enough. The other guy to talk about is Caleb Jones. Doesn't look like he'll make the team. He's an offensive tackle out of Indiana. He is 6'9", 370 pounds. Oh. If Caleb Jones plays for the Green Bay Packers or you know makes the roster, he will be the largest Green Bay Packer of all time. <laughs> a massive human being. He credits his size to his father who owns a barbecue restaurant locally and he said it was tough when he was trying to cut weight because he couldn't go to his father's restaurant and pig out, which he, I mean, he's a gigantic tough. human being. I, I can't imagine tough. what he gets at his father's. Like how you much gotta food gotta fill that body, man. That's down. a big old body. Big dude. We'll see what happens. Apparently, everyone, (laughs) 
Who who's the uh, who's that loser? You'll love this. Who's that guy uh, when the Timberwolves? Uh, won their playing game. He was jumping around and everyone loved him. And then last week he was on first take. Oh, Patrick Beverly. Beverly. Yes. Patrick Beverly. <laughs> so how did he describe Chris Paul? Uh, a, a traffic cone? Yeah, a traffic cone. Just someone you walk just, around? Just someone out there. He's not playing any defense. That's what I kind of expect Caleb Jones to be, where he's kind of a traffic cone, where he's just so big, I assume people are just going to... kind of got to go around him. him. Yeah, so... Uh, or underneath him. He's so big, you <laughs> yeah, underneath I wonder, him. I wonder if that, <laughs> like, that... I could see someone like KGB, a more limber, yeah, smaller athlete. Yeah, old school, like right able, underneath. That would be... Or like a TJ Watt would abuse him on the edge. Yeah. Just right underneath him every time. <laughs> <laughs> every time. So we'll see what happens there. Another fun story going into training camp. And... Talking about training camp, you know, this is a bit of a segue here. We can talk about OTAs briefly. OTAs started this week, and the schedule for OTAs are weird because it's like a couple practices this week and then a few days off, and then like the end of next week they'll have another practice. So we're like three days a week. Yeah. <laughs> so couple just little headlines, first couple days in shorts. Tyler Davis seems to be the offseason tight end one. If you guys remember last year, Packers claimed him off the Colts practice squad after he was released. And he seems to be the only guy who can be like the number one tight end with DeGuara and Daphne kind of being more of that hybrid. I've heard they liked him. Well, I tell you, yes. Uh, uh, Mercedes Lewis obviously being old they've shit in the they've block. They've kind of liked him since they picked him up like in the season last year, I've heard. Right. And I kind of said it too during the podcast because there was a couple decent pickups that he had. Right down the middle of the field, I think he did well with Jordan Love even, too. So we'll see what happens. Goody gave him a shout-out and kind of said, you know, when the, when the team, when reporters pressed him on not drafting a tight end, he brought up Tyler Davis. So we'll see. I, you know, it's not, it's once again, the tight end room isn't great, but it isn't it's as like, bad as people make it out to I be. I want to say it's like deep, like the offensive line, like where there's just talent. I don't know. It's, no, I'm not saying oh, that. Okay. I'm not saying, see, I'm saying, but like, saying. like as far as like quality, I think there's like a depth of quality there. Right. Like you got Tanyan. If Davis is like Tanyan-y like that one year, <laughs> you know, like it sounds well, ridiculous, but like then uh, DeGuar is not awful. Yes. And like, I don't know, they got like, guys that just do stuff and like, yeah. It's, That's all right. It's not as bad. He's got to have people like that. Trotting out Richard Rogers and Andrew. Yeah. Paulus, oh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so something Some else. Versatility. Yes. The first offensive line that they went with, with a lot of guys still being injured, obviously Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins. It started from left to right. Uh, Josh Nyman, John Runyon, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and Cole Van Lannen was the starting right tackle during OTAs at first. Wow. Uh, after the first few plays, they did kick Newman out to right tackle and had Hansen, if you remember him, out of Oregon a few years ago. He came in and played right guard, mm. Jake Hansen. So I don't know, maybe two guys we've slept on a little bit, Cole Van Lannen and obviously Hansen there. So we'll see if they make any type of splash this training camp. Uh, following, following in the footsteps of Sam Shields and Herb Waters, Rico Gafford, who I really don't remember from last year. I think we might have even signed him after the season. Huh. Was a wide receiver. We've converted him to corner. And he actually even had a pass breakup last practice. And he's also wearing number 37, like Sam Shields, who made the transition as well. Um, other quick thing to talk about, the roster moves. Packers signed Jack Coco, one of the tryout players. At long snapper, we'll see if he can beat out uh, the Jack Iowa State. Coco. God, what's his it's name? A great name. 
Very good name. A couple really good names out of this year's uh, draft class. Oh, After losing yeah. Kingsley Kiki, it was a pretty great name last year. But we'll see if uh, Coco can push at long snapper. Packers cut J.J. Molson, who I feel pretty bad for. He was on the practice squad the last two years and then right before training camp. Boom, we cut him again. Um, we claimed Chris Slayton off waivers. He was a seventh-round draft pick from the Niners. He eventually moved on to the Giants who cut him. We claimed him. And Tyler Lancaster signed with the Raiders today, as I mentioned earlier, who wore number 95 for Wyatt. And uh, now he's joining <laughs> our old special teams court, uh, coordinator, Mo Drayton, from last year. Oh, no. If you remember, unfortunately, Lancaster was the guy who did not block on the uh, field goal, which led to the block, which potentially could have swung the whole game around. But <laughs> something to think about. The last thing we'll talk about with OTAs here, Blake, is, as I said, Aaron Rodgers. It's not a Packers podcast if you don't talk about him. Yeah, whole bunch of hubbub popping up again. We're in that kind of dead spot of the offseason where there isn't really anything important to talk about. So we need to find you know unimportant things to make important when they actually aren't potentially. Blake, does Aaron Rodgers need to practice? We're into the whole AI practice man we're talking about practice mm. but we are jason wilde said uh i think he's wrong for not being at organized team activities which is what they are right now we'll see you know what happens with minicamp and everything as well and bob mcginn was much worse saying selfishly rogers is refusing to show up for voluntary for the voluntary offseason program even though every minute he could spend with these three wide receiver rookies and often injured sammy watkins uh it would be invaluable but <laughs> but he got his and the Raiders got theirs. Um, that was talking about Devontae Adams as well in that article. But all this hubbub, all the talking head shows have talked about it too. Maybe it's not a huge deal, but as far as the Packers are concerned, it's the stupid thing that people are talking about. Blake, do you think Aaron Rodgers should be at OTAs right now and should be practicing this offseason with the team? Before training camp, I should say. Everything before training camp. Um, well, in this instance, I think everything, you know, got to look at context, but no one's doing that in the media. (laughs) Like you said, it's the dead period. So they're manufacturing some stuff out here for sure. But I don't think he needs to be there at this one. This one's early. It's May. Like he's going to like, if he's going to be there next month, like he says he's going to be. Well, he said even, he said next month in April, meaning he will be here this month. So he's probably going to show up to a practice next week. Which, you know, people, once again, kind of glossing over that fact as well. We'll see wow, what he if he shows up doing. next week, all right, that's, uh, wow, I'll take it. I'd like, if he, I'd find with him not showing up till June, honestly, like, right. take your months off and get right and do whatever, and we got these three guys, you got time to work with them, you got June through August, and then the first week in September, you got to go, but, yeah, like, three months, like, with these guys, I don't know, I think you'd be all right. Yeah. And then with Sammy Watkins as a veteran guy, I mean... I think it'll be all right. That's where I'm at, too. It's so overblown and stupid. You, uh, <laughs> you look at just OTAs this week, and you know one of the parts of that McGinn article was, you know, Rogers should be there to get on the same page with Sammy Watkins. Here's some of the other players who haven't attended uh, <laughs> Is OTAs. Is he not so there? Sammy Watkins, Ellen Lazard, Jerry Alexander, Razul Douglas, Gary, Jonathan Garvin, Randy Ramsey, Preston Smith and even big dog Mercedes Lewis. So there's a lot of veterans who aren't there, and for some reason people just 
are focusing on Aaron Rodgers not being there. Another stat you can pull up. Three of three of the four MVPs Aaron Rodgers has won has come after seasons in which he missed a large portion of off-season training. Obviously, last year, the year before because of COVID, and then after the Packers won the Super Bowl with the uh, collective bargaining agreement and the holdout that was going on, or the lockout, whichever which way it was. It works out for Aaron Rodgers, and obviously last year he didn't show up until training camp. Everything was fine, so... That's a wild take that he like said that, and then to build a rapport with Sammy Watkins. He's not even there yet. Yeah, and McGinn um, wrote that right after the draft. It's too. Optional, um, but Gary's not there. And I know Gary. I follow him on Twitter. Oh, and he is out there working out like freaking Hercules. So like, I don't think you need to worry about any of these other guys either. Like, these guys are professionals, it's... and they've been too good for the last three years to not understand what it takes. Exactly, and I mean. We've all seen the pictures and everything for um, for practice. Once again, these guys are in shorts. This is eleven seven on seven. Yeah, a good part of it. It's like these wide receivers are still learning the offense. It's almost like they're building their base knowledge of this offense right now. Where I don't think it's all that important for Rodgers to be there when you're learning, you know, how this offense is ran. It's like. You almost need to learn that, and then after that, you get to the scholar level. You can actually level. put the quarterback in and like catch the ball. Yes, of being in there with Rodgers. And obviously, the other benefit of this is Jordan Love getting all these snaps. It's kind of a perfect you know, scenario to be in where Jordan Love can get all these first-team snaps now for a good chunk of the offseason, try to get something going, and then Rodgers comes in during training camp, and we can kind of move forward with what the offense will be this year. And it's another thing as well where it's like, I feel like we just forget things. It's like, have you forgotten Brett Favre was at one point the quarterback of this team? And he did the exact same damn thing, even last year. He did it worse. He would, like, say, I'm going to retire. And then he'd come back, like, a month before the season two times. Right. And then two months before the season. Exactly. Because even last year, and I was, you know, bitching about this, and I turned out to be right. Last year, it was a lot more tumultuous than when it was with Favre. But Favre, after the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers, he skipped out on all the offseason shit except for training camp, just like Rodgers did last year. But last year, it was a whole media fiasco. Obviously, it's a little different with Twitter and Adam Schefter pumping that up to an ESPN. It took a different level in uh, modern times, for sure. But there was really no difference for what actually happened as far as practice and the team between, you know, Favre and Rodgers. So we didn't change that much as far as personnel either. So like, yeah, I mean, we lost one, we lost one receiver with two well, MVS too, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big part. We'll it's see. A big part. I don't, once again, I just don't think there's going to be a huge benefit. And once again, Alan Lazard and Sammy Watkins aren't there either. So what, what really do you need him to be there it's for? Rookies learning the playbook. What are we doing here? Stupid, stupid shit. But that's about it for the podcast. Shoot. Wow, Blake, look at that. Time flies when you're having fun already. Went through a full hour here. Great time. Um, you know what? First, which way should we go? First, okay. Blake, the schedule announcement came out too a week or two ago. Huge deal. You know what? We already knew who we were playing. It seems to be one of the most overblown events of the offseason. That's when you know you're in peak offseason is when the schedule release you look comes at out. Look for leaks on the schedule. <laughs> yeah, that, sh- that shit's Twitter. awesome. Is there, do any of those games, you know, come to you the most? What are you looking for this 
upcoming season? What are you most excited for? I'm excited for the Rams to come to Lambeau late in the year. Yeah, that's that's last year. Very. Ex- oh, that's last year. But, but, but they're coming is, later. But they are coming. They're coming late. later. Did you hear that part too with the uh, with the Europe game? Uh. Uh-uh. So teams can put in some requests for the schedule. Oh. And one of yeah the, for like the buy or whatever and stuff. And the Rams uh, requested to play the Packers in Europe because they didn't want to play the Packers in Green Bay <laughs> in the winter. And that's exactly... They knew the, they had to do it. And that's exactly what the schedule makers did, is scheduling that game for them. So, yeah. That's glorious. I'm looking forward to that one, too. I like too. that game a lot. Kicking off the season against the Vikings in Minnesota, that should be fun. You know, I mean, it's a rivalry, so like, I just feel like games like that, like they're always going to be amped up. It's yeah. always a big game, because like, division games, even if like someone sucks... They're always like they know what you do. Like it's just like a amped up environment that like you don't get the same when like say the like who like someone bad average comes into town like like two has been bad the for Lions. a while. Yeah, like the Lions for a long time. But like they're even divisional, so like they give you good games sometimes. Yeah, you kind of lose that hype because we could be you know playing someone like the Jets. Week it's just one, like a farther away excited. team. Like say the Jaguars are in there. Like you know that's exactly it. You. No matter what, we get hyped for week one, and it kind of sucks that we lose it playing the Vikings, which we would get up for anyways. Right. But we'll see. I'm excited for the season. Five weeks, a little late as well. We'll see how it everything comes together. It looks like the Packers... Could be an advantage or could be a disadvantage. Warren Sharp put this out there, who's a big analytical guy. The Packers have one of the worst schedules as far as rest days go. I believe they have the worst one because we lose about seven days because of the Europe game and everything when some other teams have... A lot more rest days. I think we're minus seven. Well, Some teams are like plus three or four. But we definitely earned it in the last three years, probably getting that kind of schedule. I mean, yeah. when you're the best, like you have the most wins in three-year period, like you're probably going to get the toughest schedule. So like that's kind of what we asked for. So like we can overcome this. Like we're legit. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. And our opponents aren't even really that tough. We, I think we, based off of the previous year, have an easier schedule this year than the previous year just based off of winning percentages. But okay, we'll see. Very exciting stuff. You know, we're finally, you know, the preseason schedule came out today, too. Kind of weird. We're playing the Saints and the Niners. That seems like, I feel like we always just play, like, the Titans and Chiefs. And it's weird to play, like, more close. Conference, too. Like, more rivalry games in the preseason. That seems a little different. 49ers is weird. Yes. They got some weird things going on there. Yes. They still have Jimmy G on their roster. It's very, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with the Niners, but... Anyways, this is Debo, we've like, what the oh, jeez, I'm over, I'm over Debo, that. That's Debo, not my problem. Debo, <laughs> Debo will play for the Niners this uh, year. I'm almost positive. Oh, wow. Okay. That. But uh, with that, that is it for the episode and everyone's favorite part. If you could please leave a five star review, that would be cool. Just, you know, go on iTunes. Spotify has it now as well. You know, just scroll down, click five, you leave a review as well, write whatever you want, uh, take a screen cap of it. Email it to us in pmppodcast at gmail.com or DM it to us on Twitter at pmppod. Damn it, almost made it through without fucking oh. it up. Uh, send us a screen grab. I don't even care if you actually do it or not. Or, you know, just email us, DM us, and if you want, we'll send you a free koozie with the logo of the podcast on there. That's pretty dope. Yeah, it's dope as hell, you know. That's just what we do. We're a, we're a big business. We're a growing brand. We're very important in the Packers. Yeah, you multinational know, here. Uh-huh. But uh, with that, God, I it's been so long, but, you know, we, did, we didn't have any breaks there. That was just all Packers talk for a full hour. I, that was glorious. I truly do not have anything else. Blake, do you have anything else? 
No, no, not a, no, no. No NBA takes. You know your your Wolves well, and six take last time we had a pod that didn't turn out too well. Then you said Bucks and six as well, and that didn't oh, turn out too well. Yeah, I'm not really predicting anyone in six right now. Well, okay, yeah, they've all kind of been blowouts. So you don't want to jinx someone. Maybe say they're going to. I don't win like in six. have like a favorite in this. I will say this publicly. Okay, here we go. This is your big. As thing. long as Jimmy Butler doesn't win, whatever. Oh yeah, because you're a Wolves fan. So yeah, hold that against. Yeah, him. I'm gonna hold it against. Him. Okay. People say it's petty, but that's okay. <laughs> it's whatever. That's what the NBA I'm living is. for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, with that, I still don't have anything else. Blake, do you have anything else? Nope. Nothing. All right. Well, with that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us. Anywhere I quit my job. Yeah. It just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all month. And then they took my money. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 